Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Cause I'm just a teenage dirtbag, baby. Yeah, I'm just a teenage dirtbag, baby. Listen to Iron Maiden, baby, with me. Ooh. Hello! This is the Relunchables Podcast. I'm Jordan Holzer, proudly part of the Believe Podcast Network. In each episode, we'll be covering 90s, 2000s, film, TV, and pop culture. I'm not alone. Each episode, I'll be having on special guests to help me relive my childhood. Thank you to Weedis for the intro music. We are back, folks. This is a very special episode. We really couldn't have enough of Ned's The Classified School Survival Guide. We had to bring on a new member of the cast. That's right. Kim Savah, who played Coach Joy Durga, you of course remember her. She was the very stern gym teacher, coach of the volleyball team, really had a very specific demeanor, but I have to tell you, Kim herself could not be further from the character she portrayed. It's actually a kind of a crazy story how this happened. We'll get to it a little bit later on the podcast, but her daughter is actually an intern at the Believe Podcast Network, really hooked it up, told me that her mom was on the show. I didn't believe her at first, then when I did some digging... She was absolutely right. So we had to have her on. We talk a lot about, you know, her her career as an actress. We talk about some stories from set, working with Lindsay Shaw and some of the other child actors on the show, maybe the possibility of a Ned's Declassified reunion special or a comeback. So we get into it all with Kim and just, you know, life as an actor, you know, growing up, getting into the business, trying to make it in the industry and everything that comes with that. So let's get right into my interview with Coach Joy Durga herself, Kim Savah, Next week, quick programming note, we're going to be covering maybe the best kids movie of all time. And I, and I know I say that often, but this may be the best kids movie of all time coming up next week. But this week, Kim Savah. In a middle school full of bullies, ah! insane teachers, ah! and gross school lunches, Ned Bigby, that's me, and my two best friends try to do the impossible. Create a guide that will help you survive school. Yeah, this was a this is an interesting one because normally, you know, it's a whole process getting guests and it just so happened by coincidence, you know, your daughter Jade is is an intern for the Believe Podcast Network and a and a producer reached out to me and said, Hey, you know, her mom used to be on Ned's the Classified School Survival Guide. Do you want to have her on? I was like, What a coincidence. So I was like, Yeah, we have to make it happen. (laughs) I love when the universe just goes. (laughs) <laughs> and it just works, right? That's so yeah. cool. It worked yeah. out perfectly. So my first question, it has to be is, has Jade even seen Ned's The Classified School Survival Guide? Because I think she's a little bit too young, right, to have seen it. No, those girls, I have three babies. At that point, they were babies. And they used to come to the set with me really? and just have so much fun and, you know, craft service table and all that kind of stuff. They loved it. My littlest one probably doesn't remember as much as my first two. Um, so yeah, she definitely remembers it. 
So I'm curious, when did you kind of get into acting? Was it something that you kind of knew you wanted to do growing up? Was it something that, you know, coming out to LA and kind of just, you know, finding this industry, like what kind of led you down this path to, uh, to acting and, and getting into, you know, show business? It's such a cool story. Um, oh, hold on a sec. Yeah, yeah. I'm on the phone. Okay. Um, that's my brother. That's my deaf brother. Um, so that's an interesting story because like most actors, I think a lot of actors just know when they're little, that's their thing. At least I did. And um, so I was born in New York, moved to Florida and moved back to New York to study acting. And while I was at conservatory, I met, of course, I made friends and wound up becoming best friends with someone in my class. And uh, you know, we were in our 20s and living in New York and just having the best time ever. And she had a boyfriend at the time who became her husband. But we were all, you know, living in New York at the time, trying to get our careers going and all that. And um, so, yeah, I was doing stuff in New York. After I graduated, we went to the same acting school and wound up as I was getting traction you know, with the career and getting all that going, wound up getting pregnant. Mm. And it's just, and that's why I say, I think the universe sometimes just everything works out. You know, I've, I've always thought that. So I was still living in New York and I'm auditioning. By this time I had had the baby and I'm going on auditions and my best friend at the time, you know, she was still single and no babies. And she would come with me to auditions and watch the baby while I would go in and do my shtick. And um, it just became too much. And that was Jade. Jade was a baby. And it just became too much. And I'm like, and then I got pregnant again. I'm like, how do I keep getting pregnant? <laughs> no one ever taught me. No, I just, <laughs> that's how the universe worked. Okay, so I kept getting pregnant. And then uh, my husband was also working in the business. He was a grip. But then he was gone a lot. And I was home with two babies. And just long story short, I'm like, dude, get a real job. So we got a job in corporate America and we moved to California. And I guess like a year later, my best friend, oh, by this time, my best friend and her, her boyfriend now get married. And I moved to California and then they come out maybe a year later and her husband is Scott Fellows. And oh, so he's the creator the one, of meds. He's the creator. <laughs> and he was always like, Kim. I'm writing a part for you. I'm writing a part for you. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, we're all trying to get our sh together. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's like, dude, I'm writing a part for you. This part is you. And so I'm like, okay. So he winds up like getting this thing to go. But he's like, I love you. I wrote this part for you, but you still have to audition. You know, the network has to have their approval on it. So you have to come in and audition. I'm like, no problem. So I come in and I, and I get it. And then that's how that happened. And it was so cool because when we're doing the table read, you know, Scott's there, Michelle's there, I'm there. I'm like pinching <laughs> myself because here we are. Like we had all been in our twenties in New York, making this, you know, scratching to make it work. And then flash forward and we're all sitting around the table in LA. So it was such a cool experience for that alone. You know, yeah, talk about the universe with... lining up perfectly for that moment. Like, no greater yeah. example than how you got cast on on Neds. Did you have to do any any screen tests with any of the kids or anything, or was it kind of just you know you doing your sides? 
Um, no, I didn't have to do anything with this uh, in terms of with the kids for a screen test. It was just the audition with the network execs, that kind of thing. Um, and then we just started shooting the pilot and, you know, it kind of took off. The, were you familiar with kind of like the programming that I know you were older at the time, but even having, I guess, young kids, were you familiar at all with the programming that Nickelodeon and Disney were creating at that time and putting a lot of, you know, live action series kind of depicting, you know, kids just growing up. And it was kind of a, a turning point for children's programming around that time in the 90s, 2000s. And do you have any yeah. idea what you're kind of getting into or it was just like a job to you? No, but yeah, again, I, I mean, people are going to think I'm crazy because I keep talking about the universe, but I so believe in that because I was doing this weird, like downtown edgy stuff, you know, in New York, in San Diego, up in LA. It was all very edgy and weird. I did a lot of Shakespeare. And so my kids were like, eh, no, you know, so when this happened, they totally all, all of a sudden became very interested in my acting, you know, I was pulling teeth to get them to come see Shakespeare, come, you know, no, 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 no. So then when this hit, they were like, oh, my mom's an actor. <laughs> so um, it was great. And I love Scott's take on it because it's just hilarious, you know, and he's hilarious as it is. Like we're just hanging out. He's just such a crack up. Um, but I just love that. That was a, such a big thing back in the nineties and, you know, now, now that my kids are older, I don't know much about what's going on in terms of that, but uh, yeah, I, no, feel I, like, on it. I feel like back then there was just a couple shows on that everyone was watching. And, and nowadays I think it's so sporadic. I'm talking like an old man now, like, you know, people are on TikTok and YouTube, but at the time, oh like God. watching cable, it was just a few programs on. That's what everyone was watching. And I think what spoke to me, it was very formative in my life. I was the same age as the kids in Ned's, in Ned's The Classified going through yeah. sixth grade, seventh grade. So for me, it spoke to exactly the experience that I was going through at school. Like, how do we handle, you know, mean teachers? How do we handle bullies? You know, what do we do? You know, so it was the whole, it was the whole thing being depicted in real life back on the screen. So it was, it yeah. really spoke to me. And we had, we had Lindsay Shaw on the podcast previously, oh, you know, so who's just cute. tremendous, tremendous actor. Um, yeah. what, what do you remember about working with those kids? They were so young at the time. Well, yeah, they were so young, but so talented. I thought all those kids were so talented and so sweet. Like none of them had that air of, oh, I'm I'm on TV. You know, they were just kids to me. Um, I remember we would play hide and seek, you know, on the, on the show. <laughs> I don't know who's going to hear this, but I just loved hanging out with the kids. I mean, I'm kind of a big kid at heart and so is Scott, you know, so everything's so fun. I mean, everyone worked their butts off for sure, but there was a lot of fun. I remember just playing hide and go seek during the lunch breaks, you know, and you're in that big studio and there's so many cool places to hide. So it was great. And Devin was great. They were all just such good kids. And it's weird to see them growing up, you know, yeah. like when I see them now, I'm like, oh, you were such a baby back then, <laughs> you know, look at you. <laughs> Yeah, there's always those like articles of like, where are they now, right? Like every show has it like 20 years later. So it's always interesting yeah. to see, you know, what they look like and, and what the cast is like now. But yeah. just an extraordinary cast, you know, for you being a part of that show, was there was there a moment that you kind of remember that kind of sums up your time? There's like an anecdote or, or anything that kind of when you think back about that time in your life that kind of stands out. It could be just from like a rap party. It could be something, you know, just on set or speaking with Scott or someone, but anything that kind of sums up your experience. I know I'm asking you to go back a, a ways here. Yeah. I mean, really, my big takeaway from that was, I mean, I guess it happens to people like when you get 
you know, in, in the industry, when people just stay working together, they always have their people that they stick with and they always cast. And I get it because when you're working with people that you just get so much easier. So, um, I think my takeaway was what a gift to be working with people that I loved on a show that was so impactful. I didn't realize it was so impactful because I'm an adult, you know, but the kids, like you said, you were in the, in that group of kids, they loved it. It just really spoke to them on some level. It was just like such a moment. And, you know, it sounds funny to say because it was the Nickelodeon show, but I think it really kind of did something to that in that time for the kids that I don't know if there's something like that now, but like you said, with TikTok and everything, it's almost like too much. So, yeah. um, yeah, just, just, you know, what a gift it was to work with everyone. I loved it. It was great. And, but, you know, I had to step aside once I had my third kid and I'm like, oh, I think I can't do this right now. And we, we don't live in LA. We live South, you know, in orange County. So it was kind of a drive for me. But um, I'm glad I did that. You know, it was hard being a mom with three babies and, and doing that. But uh, it was definitely something I look back on and go, that was freaking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. How similar was the character to to real life of, of Coach Joy there? Like, you know, on, on screen, you know, comes across very, you know, intense, you know, almost scary to, to a kid in her gym class. But how similar was that to you in real life as, as a parent, I guess? Well, that, I always wonder, I'm like, Scott, did you see something in me <laughs> that you, you know, wanted to explore? I mean, there's, I'm definitely not that intense, but, you know, I can definitely, you know, I'm part Italian, I'm Scorpio, what do you want? You know, it comes out. But yeah, I think I had to stretch, a obviously, a lot to get to that. And I feel like with those characters, they were also a little bit caricature-ish. In, in some regard, you know, yeah, where you're, you know, cause no one's all that all the time. Um, so I had to find that place where I was like, okay, why would I be this pissed off? <laughs> why is she so pissed off? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but there's definitely a side of me in that, in that woman. Yeah. Because I think even there was some moments, some lighter moments that we got to see, uh, you know, Coach Joy, like showing some empathy or, or relating to the characters more. So there wasn't just that, you know, kind of evil gym teacher type of feel. It definitely sent, got a sense of, okay, we're getting both the, the light and the dark. We're somewhere in the gray here. And we're not just getting that, that caricature, as you mentioned. Yeah, I think she wanted really the kids to be their best. Yeah. You know, like she wasn't going to put up with, which I don't know how that show would play now. Like, I don't know. If if uh, there's a teacher out there, or you know that that's pushing kids in that way, um, what that would look like now. But I think ultimately, yeah, she just wanted the kids to work hard and play hard. You know. <laughs> yeah, we never we never got a smile from uh, Coach Joy there on the show. It was very right. much you got that stern look and the in the loud projection. You know, it was just it was great. It was a great character. You know. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, thank you. It was so much fun. It was fun. And and I believe, you know, you studied at, at the Groundlings. Is that correct? So you did come from more of yeah. a comedy background? Yeah, I did. Um, I was at the Groundlings for two years. I never was in their performance side of it, but, you know, did a lot of improv and stuff like that, which I love. I really love doing improv. Um, but, you know, Ned's was scripted, so we had to stick to the script mostly. 
but yeah, I loved I loved improv. I love comedy, and I don't know if it came across in the character. You know, she I feel like she was pretty like, you know, intense. Oh, Look definitely. at you, you know. <laughs> so wasn't too lighthearted, but there's definitely a side of me that is comedic, lighthearted. Um, yeah. Hold on, Kim. Give me a minute to tell my listeners about our newest sponsor here at the Believe Podcast Network, Adam and Eve. Yes, that's right. Adam and Eve, our newest sponsor here at the Believe Podcast Network. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff to spice up your bedroom is even better. Select almost any one item for 50% off, and then Adam and Eve does the rest, loading on the free stuff with your order. Enter code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout and get 10 tantalizing free gifts. A sexy item for him, a sexy gift for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And six free spicy movies. That's right. This is not the Sandlot or the Mighty Ducks. This is a little bit more spicier for the bedroom. Plus free shipping. That's Believe, B-L-E-A-V. Offer code Believe at checkout at adamandeve.com. And now, back to the show. Do you prefer more of the the improv and, and coming up with stuff on the spot or more of a, you know, stand up where you kind of have your script and you, and you go out there or is it kind of just a mix of the two? I really like improv. I mean, the older I get, the more improv I like because then I don't have to remember my lines. It's true. <laughs> you know? true. And I'm really yeah. good off the cuff and I do like doing just straight up stand up. So, uh, but, you know, I can learn my lines. Definitely. There's also a serious side. I love doing those serious pieces. And I don't know if it's because, you know, maybe some actors think it's not real acting unless it's dramatic, you know? So if you're just doing comedy and this kind of stuff all the time, but again, the older I get, I th- I don't think there's a judgment in, in that. I think it's, they're both um, a form of art, you know? So, yeah. but I, no, I feel like comedy gets a bad rap at times. I think people think it's much easier than drama. And that's definitely not yeah. the case. You know, like it's you see it in the award shows, right? Dr- comedies rarely get recognized at the Oscars or, or any any award yeah. show. And it's tough to make something funny. It, it's not just yeah. the what's on the page. It's everything that goes that goes around it. And, you know, yeah. it's I, I think that comedy gets a bad rap in general. So I don't know. I like yeah. to highlight as I like to highlight comedy as much as I can on this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. And you know, when you see comedy done badly, it's like, yeah, it's not that easy. You got to really have that timing and have that sensibility. So uh, yeah, I don't know if that answered the question, but I'm a big improver. Yeah. And I think that just goes to, you know, there's not many kind of considered great comedies out there, right? There's not that many that people go to time and time again, I think, which shows, you know, how tough it is. I'm curious for yourself, you know, growing up, were there any movies or programs that you kind of gravitated to and kind of was the impetus for you kind of getting into comedy and, and show business or, you know, late night hosts or, or anything like that kind of, you know, coming up SNL or, you know, movies, whatever it may be. I think for anyone that has a comedy bone, you know, SNL is like the gold standard, you know, like, oh, I want to be on SNL. I could totally do that. <laughs> and I feel like, you know, there's so many great comedian, uh, like female comedians now, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, but growing up, you know, I always loved Robin Williams. I just loved his energy and his, the way his mind worked just was fascinating to me. So definitely, you know, and he's 
a great. He's just like amazing. So for sure, Robin Williams. And what else when I was little? I always, again, I always used to just put on shows for my friends, like from little, I would, you know, make everyone sit down and I do these improv shows and stories, you know, and people <laughs> would laugh. Once you get your first laugh, man, that's like a drug. You're like, oh, they're yeah. laughing at me. Oh, what else can I do? Oh, let me jump off this, you know, roof. Are they going to laugh? What are they <laughs> So when you when you're getting that kind of feedback that just kind of keeps you going um and yeah moving to new york that was what the late 80s early 90s um you know just going to acting school and being in that energy for any artist to live in new york is amazing the fact that i was able to do that and then meet great people um great I just feel like I've been so blessed um and now you know the kids are getting older so I mean they're older my youngest is now 19 so it's about me right now looking at it and going what am I going to do am I going to go back to that now that I have that space so we'll see we'll see do you encourage your kids to maybe get into acting or are you one of those parents because I know some actors are like I never want my kids to be actors and some are like you know that you should do whatever that, that makes them happy what is mm-hmm. your stance on, you know, getting into acting as a, as a career? My middle daughter is friggin' hilarious. And, I, and when she was little, she, she wanted to be an actor. And I said, no, you got to finish school. <laughs> like I'm not, I think when, if you're 18 and you have that drive, I wasn't going to be the, the stage mom. And I, you know, I've, I've saw the parents on the set having to be there with their kids and that, that was a lot. And I wasn't prepared to do that because I wanted to be <laughs> like, I'm not bringing you to auditions. I have an audition. <laughs> so I said, when you're 18, if that still speaks to you, you go for it. But I'm, I was definitely not going to sign up to do that. And I, you know, I feel like I wanted them to have their childhood. And I did see the kids, you know, there was one episode on Ned's where uh, I don't know if it was an episode or no, it was, I think a cast party. And I don't know if Lindsay talked about it where they had the prom for no. the kids did a prom theme one because Scott is so sweet. And he's like, these kids aren't really having that high school experience. So he recreated this whole prom night for them. Oh, wow. And it was so cool. Yeah. So we all dressed up in, in our prom dresses and the kids had a blast. Um, but no, I, I don't think any, any of my kids would get into it at this point. Maybe, maybe Morgan, my middle one would later in life but I never encouraged it. Yeah. We have so many child actors who've, who've come on the show and, and talk about their experience and, and it's tough being a child actor. I know there's been a lot of documentaries recently, you know, that's kind of portrayed, you know, some of the tragedies that happen to young child actors and, it, and it's tough for anyone, let alone a kid who's not fully developed to handle that level yeah. of fame and notoriety at that kind of age. So it's something we talk yeah. a lot about on the show. And I think that's the right stance is, you know, once they get to an age where they could kind of handle it to a better degree than they are as kids, it's just, mm-hmm. it's tough. It's, a, I don't know a solution because we're obviously want, we want kids to be portrayed on screen. So we got to have mm-hmm. child actors, but yeah. at the same time it's, you know, how do we protect them? Yeah. Well, it's, it, as far as I know, the kids from Ned all are doing really well. I don't yeah. think there's a tragedy in the bunch, thank God. So something something was protecting that whole experience i think yeah and i I think nickelodeon and disney 
again, I'm on, this is maybe a, a generality, but I think they do a good job, much better even now than they did probably in, in that they, you know, since they work with kids so often, they kind of, you know, know what they need. But a lot of times it's, it's the parents, it's the outside influences that they can't control while they're on set that sometimes is, you know, creates a negative environment, especially yeah. kind of if you got a chance to see the, uh, the Shia LaBeouf movie, uh, Honey Boy, mm-hmm. depicting, you know, his, his childhood growing up in the business. And it's tough when you're, when the kid is asked to be the breadwinner of the family at a young age, Yeah, you know, yeah. and that's kind of where it gets, it gets challenging where the parents are kind of using the child as a vehicle for themselves to get that kind of fame and to get that money that comes along with it. Yeah. I didn't get that sense. I mean, the parents that I met on set were all really great. And yeah, I mean, I didn't get that sense at all. It just felt like, you know, the parents were there supporting the kids and the kids were having success. And obviously every parent wants their child to be successful, but I didn't feel like there was any one parent like pushing that kid to, you know, so (laughs) yeah. So I'm always curious whenever we have actors come on the show, if they have any good audition stories and this could, this could be anything, this could be like a really negative story. This could be like a funny story, like whatever, however you want to take this um, and feel free to be as specific or as general as you want. But I love asking, usually actors have, a, have one or two good uh, audition stories. Oh my God. So many, <laughs> there are so many. Um, there's one like, uh, my husband loves this story because it's so cheesy. <laughs> and it was when I was, of course, living in New York. And back then I was auditioning for a lot of musical stuff, you know. So there was the dance number that you had to go in and learn, you know, five, six, seven, eight. You had to do this whole thing. And then you had to have your 16 bars prepared. And for some reason, when I went in to do the, the singing portion of it, I totally flubbed the lines. Like I could not remember what the hell the lyrics were. So I broke out with, I love McDonald's. McDonald's has French fries. They're delicious and crispy. You know, just totally randomly made up some stupid lyric. And, you know, I just sold it. I'm like, those are the lyrics. That's what that song was supposed to be. This wasn't a McDonald's commercial, was it? It some musical but you know it was like some 16 bars of some musical number that you would have known if you were in musical theater and so when I finished they were very sweet and they they said thank you that was an interesting (laughs) take on that song thank you I didn't get the job but you know at least I didn't go can I start over I just just (laughs) powered right through it um so that one definitely sticks out as (laughs) as but yeah I I just remember one time in New York too I was auditioning for um it's a big theater festival on the east coast and it was like my third callback and I'm like oh my god I have to get this job I need this would be an amazing job because it was in the summer it's not it wasn't um I can't remember the name of it not the Berkshire theater festival but or probably it's a, a well-known theater festival in Summerstock. So it was on like, I think the third callback. And so after that callback, I came back to my apartment in Brooklyn and I lit a candle and 
this is so stupid. <laughs> it was like when I was in chill, all this like magic. And I'm like, I'm going to leave the candle burning all night. That's what it says to do. Leave the candle burning all night for good luck. So we leave the candle burning. My, my then boyfriend was with me, my now husband. And we go to sleep and I wake up at like two o'clock in the morning and the drapes are on fire. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. So I grabbed the duvet off the bed. And I'm like, <laughs> like trying to put out the friggin' fire. We're on the second floor of an apartment building in Brooklyn. I put it out and I, I didn't get the job, but <laughs> I almost burned the house down. So I remember that too. Like, I just remember those, those kind of floppy, weird experiences. Um, so you never tried the candle trick again? No, needless to say, <laughs> I had to fall back on my acting skills. <laughs> is, is there an, is there an approach that you kind of go into an audition with? Like we have we have a lot of actors that come on and they talk about you know how they view auditions and and some of them you know it's kind of like a a win or lose type of mentality and some kind of go in and just saying I'm just it's an opportunity to perform an opportunity to act whatever comes of it comes of it but you know, you can't look at it as, you know, positive or negative. It's just an experience and, you know, we'll see what happens. Is, is there any type of philosophy yeah. that you have going into an audition? Well, it's been a while since I've auditioned. Um, and I think the older, like the older I've gotten when I do audition, I feel like I go, like, I don't, are you going to edit this? No, feel free to curse, <laughs> like say whatever you want. Okay. I go, fuck it. <laughs> you know what? I'm X age now. And if you don't like me, I don't like you, whatever. But when I was younger, I would put so much stock in it. Like, oh, I have to get it. You know, da, 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 da. I, I, and I think people pick up on that. You know, if you go in and you're just like, this is cool. If I get that, but you're still going to work your ass off. You're still going to go in prepared and ready to get the job. But um, without all that attachment around it. You know, and maybe some younger actors have that already. And for me, it was just a hard lesson to learn. But I also, you know, reflecting on that, I feel like for me, it was such a dear thing. It was like my thing, my dream. So I had all this energy around it instead of just going, uh, it's, it'll work out how it's supposed to work out. Um so I can't say it's, it's I'm either one way or the other. I guess maybe now that I'm older, I have a little less attachment to it, you know, and I don't attach myself as a human being to, you know, if I don't get that job, I yeah. suck. It's like, no, you just weren't right for it. Something else is coming. And, you know, there's other stuff happening in your life outside of that. So that doesn't diminish who you are. Um, so, yeah. No, I think that's the right attitude to have. Uh, Kim, I can't thank you enough for your time. We end each episode with five rapid fire questions, even though they're not so rapid fire, to be honest, but you know, are you ready? <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Anything, any TV shows that you're currently binge watching at the moment? Oh my God. I'm embarrassed to say it. Cause I usually get onto stuff when people are all about it. For some reason, there'll be things going on in my life and I won't be on that vibe and then when I get to it I'm like oh my god this is great but <laughs> it's it's shameless yeah what season are they on 30 how many seasons is it I don't know but we're on season <laughs> seven so we finished we should we finished binge watching Schitt's Creek which great love. great show oh so sweet and then we go into shameless <laughs> I feel dirty every time I watch it I'm like oh but yeah that's what we're doing 
Yeah, you go mm-hmm. from like really bright and really happy at Shit's oh, Creek, and then you go great. to just you know despicable in uh, Shameless. It's you know? horrible. I'm like, is this a porn show? Because I don't really <laughs> watch porn. So when I saw this, I'm like, what is? Wow. Anyway, it didn't deter me. I'm still watching it. <laughs> uh, next question. You know, now that the pandemic is hopefully coming to an end. Where is the first place that you're looking forward to traveling to? Um, Italy. We were supposed to go you know, in April of 2020. So hopefully we'll get get it to Italy soon. Any uh, spot in Italy in particular that you're, you know, interested in uh, checking out? We, we were there a couple of years ago and we fell in love with Cinco Terra. So I would go back beautiful, there. Beautiful. I was there so last uh, two summers ago. Just gorgeous. So beautiful. Gorgeous. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, favorite local restaurant, and I know our listeners are everywhere, but you know you could highlight whatever favorite restaurant that that you like to go to. There's a little Italian place in uh, by us called um, it's, it's a weird name, but uh, we really like it. It's Capone's. Yeah, very cool. And this is Italian. in Orange County. It's in Orange County. He's an Italian guy. Um, good food, good wine list, cool vibes. So yeah. But the name like Capone's, it's got to be good, right? It's got to be good. Well, that's why, that's why we didn't go there. We're like, that's so friggin' cheesy. We couldn't go to Capone's. And then the reason we went there is because we went to a fish taco place next door and they were like, had a huge wait. So we're like, let's just check this place out. And then we went in and we're like, oh my God, the food's really good. So it was worth it. Uh, <laughs> next one. Is there any role that, you know, when you saw the performance, you were like, I would love to have that role, you know, whatever it may be. It could be a comedic role. It could be dramatic. You watch the movie and you're like, wow, what a role is that? Is, is there one that comes to mind for you? Yes. Bridesmaids, Kristen Wiig and Bridesmaids. I, I'm just like, oh yes, I totally get her. I, yes. That was, that was such an epic role. I think. Incredible movie. That movie really yeah. changed the game, I think, for especially yeah. female comedians, like kind of just putting them on the forefront of being like they could carry a hundred million dollar box office yeah. comedy like that. And, and, and I think that kind of paved the way. But Krista Wig, Melissa McCarthy, everyone. Oh, my God. Just incredible movie. Incredible movie. Yeah. Um, last one. If, uh, you know, Scott Fellows called you and said, hey, you know, we're thinking of doing a revival to Ned's The Classified School Survival Guide. And you know, we're thinking of bringing back, you know, Coach uh, uh, Coach Joy here. Would you sign up to be a part of it? Oh, yes. <laughs> Hell yes. I what do you think she's do doing that. now? You think she's still coaching Jim? What do you think she's up to now? Coach Durga? No, she probably has her own women's soccer team or something like that, you know? Yeah. She's, yeah, I think she's traveling around with the girls, just winning. Winning. Oh, winning at all costs. Definitely. That's right. (laughs) Kim, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me.
for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.